Welcome to High Performance Mindset with Dr. Sindra Kampoff. Do you want to reach your full potential, live a life of passion, go after your dreams? Each week, we bring you strategies and interviews to help you ignite your mindset. Let's bring on Sindra. Welcome to the High Performance Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Sindra Kampoff, certified mental performance consultant, speaker, and author. Now, the goal of these interviews is to learn from the world's best athletes, coaches, leaders, speakers, and consultants, all about the topic of mindset to help us reach our potential or be high performers in our field or sport. Now, in today's episode, episode 251, I interview a great friend, Holly Hoffman. Now, Holly was born and raised in Eureka, South Dakota, and she was the last remaining member of her tribe, the last woman standing on season 21 of CBS's hit reality show, Survivor Nicaragua. Now, through this experience and others within her life, Holly was inspired to share her message of positivity, determination, and confidence with business leaders, teachers, and students all across the nation. Holly is a professional speaker and author of Your Winner Within and Write Yourself a Note. And she acknowledges that life is made up of challenges, and we are oftentimes faced with situations that might seem insurmountable. But within each of us is an ability to focus our thoughts, emotions, and energy on our abilities to succeed. Now, Holly is a member of the National Speakers Association and travels the country speaking to schools, healthcare organizations, women's organizations, and businesses. Holly is a lifelong resident of America's heartland. She attended Northern State University, and she's the proud mother of three children and several grandchildren. Now, in this interview, Holly and I talk about several different things. First, we talk about her experience on Survivor and what she learned from that. We learn about the surprising person to help her not give up on Survivor, which I think you're going to enjoy hearing about that. The life-changing advice she received from Jeff Probes, uh, the host of Survivor. How anyone can make a new ending. Why your power is within. And six words that helped guide her after Survivor. Now, my favorite quote on this podcast is when Holly said this, Nobody can go back and start a new beginning but anyone can start today and make a new ending. Without further ado, here's Holly Hoffman. Holly Hoffman, thank you so much for joining me here today on the High Performance Mindset Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you so much, Cindra. I'm really looking forward to talking with you. And there's been a lot of different ways that our paths have crossed, but I thought you'd be a good guest for the podcast in terms of sharing your expertise and your experiences. Thank you. Yeah, so to start off, Holly, tell us a little bit about your passion and what you do right now. Well, I love speaking. Uh, I'm a professional speaker. I love traveling. I, I think that that's one of the reasons I do it. I know when you speak, you go in and you speak and you, you leave, but I just, I love the people. I'm also a people person, so I love the people that I meet. I've made so many friends through speaking, but I, Cindra, I have a lot of passions, I love my career. I love my children. I have amazing grandchildren. I have amazing friends. You know, sometimes we focus on life on the things that we don't have, and life itself is a passion. Ooh, love it. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about uh, how you got to where you are now in terms of speaking professionally. Well, I coached swimming for 17 years. I started my own swim team, and I loved coaching swimming. And when all three of our kids graduated from high school, 
I just kind of had this wild idea that I was going to apply to be on the reality show Survivor, not really thinking I was going to make it because I have to be honest, I don't like camping. I'm definitely afraid of snakes. And so I just threw this video together. It was one time I didn't have a script and I thought I'll just send it in and see what happens. Sure enough, they called me back. I had to go to LA for a casting call. Still didn't think I was going to make it. And when I got the final call that I made it, I truthfully was shocked. So by being on that reality show, that's basically how my speaking career took off. Um, the last day that I met there with Jeff Probst, who's the host of this show. Oh, yes. Yes. He said to me, he said, you're going to get asked to speak because you really came out of this with a story. And I remember looking back at him and saying, no, I, I can't get up in front of people and speak. So when I got my first speech, I called CBS and I'm like, I need to talk to Jeff. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And, and, yeah. And he gave me the best advice ever. He said, speak from your heart and tell your story. Mm, love it. Okay. So That's why you just called him up. <laughs> yeah. Once the show was over, he, uh, I, I could start speaking. And so that's basically how I started. I, I started with, you know, smaller groups and I still do smaller groups, but um, that's basically how I started from being on the show. So you just decided to like put your name in. What was that experience like getting selected? And did they describe to you like why you got selected? Yes, it was. I had to send in a three minute audition tape and fill out an application. And like I said, I didn't do anything special on my audition tape. I didn't have a script. I just stood behind the camera and talked about myself. And then I had to go to Los Angeles, California for a, it was a week long casting call. Tons of interviews. I had to take um, a personality test, an IQ test, a physical fitness test. I mean, they really it was hard. And then they sent us back home. And when I got the call, then I got the call that I made the show and I was gone for the months of June and July filming, but then the show didn't start airing until the middle of August. So I did sit home every Wednesday night, starting in September. No, I, the cast was announced in August the show started airing in September. So I did sit home every Wednesday night and watch myself on TV, which was a whole, no, whole nother, cause that's hard, you know, watching yourself, you kind of learn a lot about yourself, but the experience was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be because I thought the show was fake. You know, I visualized one thing about, you know, they've got to have tents and campers and they have to give you food and it wasn't. And I, I struggled from that experience. And I throw that back in my presentation as, as that's life. You know, in life we, we have visuals and we think of, of a situation or when we walk into a team meeting at work and the meeting doesn't go as we thought it would, you know, how do you survive that and how do you get through it? Oh, love it. So it was really real. <laughs> like they didn't feed you. You were in the middle of the, of the desert, right? Or I don't know if it was in the desert, but the forest. So what was it like when you first kind of showed up with your team, you know, in this location? Yeah, we were in the jungle in Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yes. And when they dropped us off, you know, we walked to our place and I was like, oh my goodness, this is real. You know, I remember look, standing there looking around and going, where are the campers and the tents that the crew stays? You know, where are the porta potties where we go to the bathroom? And so I struggled. I struggled. Within the first three hours I was out there, I was struggling hmm. because, you know, sometimes we also do that in life. We visualize something or we have a mindset of something and that's not how it goes or we perceive something as it should be. And then life hits us with a little bit of a challenge or a little twist 
And so I, I really, I struggled. And because of that, I wanted to quit on day five. I was done. And another player, Jimmy Johnson from the Dallas Cowboys, the former NFL football coach, he, he was on my tribe. And he really encouraged me and said, you know, you need to stay, you need to do this. And that's really, that, his talk really changed my mind. And so I'm a true believer that everybody has to have a Jimmy Johnson in their life. Ah, love it. Somebody that's going to talk you off the ledge and yes. not let you quit. Mm-hmm. 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 Because we all have those moments. Yeah, we do, for yeah. sure. For sure. We wouldn't be human if we didn't have them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like, you know, so five days in, kind of watching yourself on TV, kind of like what you described? I could only imagine how difficult that is because it'd be really difficult for me. You know, what was that like? And what did you learn about yourself? Because you just said you learned a lot about yourself just actually like watching it. Yeah. Well, you know, you go and play the show. You you play this game, I should say. And then when I saw myself on day five, I, I did something that I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have never done on national television. I stole the gentleman's shoes and I filled them with sand and I threw them in the water And so as I'm sitting at home and I'm watching myself stealing, uh, becoming angry, destroying someone's personal property, I saw that. And I thought, you know, sometimes in life we need to take a step back and we need to think about cameras rolling 24 hours a day Uh. and how other people's people perceive us and how do we perceive ourselves? Because you watch yourself on television and you go, that's what I did. And so it kind of made me learn, teach myself that sometimes in life, we are too quick to judge. Sometimes Mm -hmm. in life, we are too quick to uh, become angry. So sometimes we just need to take 10 seconds and say, just breathe and think about this and relax a little bit more at each, you know, situation. But it also personally made me realize that I can, Um, you know, there were a lot of things I, in life that I just, I felt more independent when I got off the show because I just couldn't, I just didn't believe I could. And then when I did it, I was like, you know, really, you can do anything you set your mind to. Ah, that's awesome. Especially considering you became the last woman standing in in season 21, right? Um, So tell us a little bit about what led you to get frustrated and uh, steal the guy's shoes and put them full of sand. What made you do that? Like what led to that happening? He was just really mean to me. <laughs> he, um, you know, he just he made me feel a little insecure, and sure. you know, and he he was he was making fun of me. He was he made fun of. He said I had this funky accent, you know, and he was like, I remember the day on day five when he looked at me and he said, you know, where are you from? And I said, I'm from South Dakota. And he goes, people live there. And that just, it was just like, what did he just say? You know, but when you're not sleeping and you're not eating. We all know what happens. Our patient's right. level is not there. You're exhausted. You're tired. And, and I don't want to use that as an excuse, but that also made a big difference. And, you know, it also made me realize that, you know, working in an office can be like living in a jungle. You have to work with people that yeah. who may, they may get under your skin, you know, and, and you have to learn to adjust and adapt and you have to switch your mindset. So I should have never done it. And after I did it, I felt really bad, but it was totally because I was exhausted. I was hungry and he absolutely he making fun of me. Yeah, absolutely. And so what, what did Jimmy Johnson say to you specifically that helped you stick around? He said his words that he really said that I will never forget is he said, we need you. We really, really need you. And also, what does that tell you about Jimmy Johnson's character? 
you know, your goal in this game is to vote people off. Mm-hmm. And he's, in, he's encouraging me to stay. So just those words, you know, we need you. We really, really need you. And all my life, I've always, you know, I coached a swim team and I always felt like, you know, those people, I needed those people, but you also need other people to encourage you. And we sometimes, especially as women, everybody does, but we sometimes forget that as women, you know, we forget to ask for help. We forget to say, Hey, you know what? I can't, instead of always saying I can. So his words, that's, that's really what struck me. And that sounds like a football coach, you know, like, like everybody's valuable. And I remember Holly watching the show, my husband and I would really get into watching it the season you were on. So I remember clearly like Jimmy Johnson and you and, you know, being from Minnesota, we were proud that someone from South Dakota was on the, (laughs) I have to tell you a funny story. When we all got out there, our tribe, there were 10 of us and we sat in a circle and we all tried to guess where everyone was from just by, you know, talking and so forth. And they guessed I was from Minnesota. Oh, of yeah. course. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Close, close. That That's great. When you think about, right, I think about mindset and just like, what did you need to do to survive on that show? What were some of the things that you think are really important from a mindset standpoint just to make it to Last Woman Standing? The first thing I needed to realize is that I needed to change because I was very... I can't do this. I need to get out of here. And then I just remember after talking to Coach Johnson, getting up from that log and walking back to camp and thinking in my mind, if I don't believe in myself, nobody's going to believe in me. Hmm. And it was like, it was just like, this is it. I have to do this. And I also remember thinking, okay, uh, I just did this on national television. I have to go home. I have to face my family, my friends. And so I did go back and I did say sorry and they did air it. But it was just my power within saying, you know what, I can do this. And people can tell you that you can do things, but you're the one that has to believe that you can. And, and it was totally getting up and saying, I need to make a change in my attitude. I need to have more determination and I have to have more confidence in myself. Mm, love that. And I love how it was like a coach who yeah. really inspired you to do that. And it sounds like that his words kind of helped you kind of wake you up to the moment and see your power within. And so kind of reminds me also that the power that other people can have on you when you're struggling, Absolutely. you know, that other people, despite their words can really help you kind of believe and help you turn it around. Absolutely. And, you know, I was a coach for 17 years. I coached swimming. And then to have another coach sit down with me and say that to me, that was, that was an honor for him to say that. Absolutely. And so you speak on, you know, messages about positivity, determination, confidence. Tell us like why you chose those themes particularly to talk more about. You know, I, when I started speaking, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. I was completely in the dark and I got asked to do my first speech and I called CBS to talk to Jeff Probst, the host of Survivor, because I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about, (laughs) you know? And, and he said to me, he said, tell your story and speak from your heart. And I, the first two years I spoke, I didn't even have a PowerPoint and a lot of speakers don't. I just feel like because of the show, I have to, it helps just follow the show and so forth. But it's all about for me, my story, because survivor didn't just help me believe in myself, but it also helped me in life. I lived with a lot of anger and bitterness in my life from my childhood. I grew up in an abusive alcoholic family. 
And my father was very abusive. And I always feel like, I always felt like I lived behind this closed door. You know, we never told anyone. I had a lot of anger. I had a huge grudge. And I talk about that in my story. I remember on day 33, walking off all by myself in the jungle and thinking, you know, you can't live your life behind a closed door with a huge chip on your shoulder. And that's what I was doing because I always kept going back to my past. And if something would go wrong, I would say, well, that's because the way I grew up, it was because of my childhood. Okay. And life is not about excuses. So I think just my whole storyline is, and, and those words that I speak about, attitude, determination, confidence, desire, perseverance, and faith, they just flow right into my story. And when I started speaking, they just started coming up. And that's what I was like. Those are the words I need to focus on. I like that, Holly, because I think about how you weren't behind closed doors. You're on national television, so anything could be aired on what you said, what you did, right? So there's no doors. And uh, how do you think, like, because what I'm hearing is just, like, being on Survivor helped you with your independence. It also helped you kind of, you know, no longer live those excuses. So tell us about you know, how were you changed when you came back? I would say the biggest change for me is just appreciating everything that you have. The little things, you know, when you live 30 some days in a jungle and you don't, you have one set of clothes and you don't have toilet paper or toothbrush or toothpaste. um, We sometimes in life concentrate too much on what we don't have. And we need to step back and we need to look at what do you really have? So, you know, the independence is great. Uh, The speaking is wonderful. But a sense of appreciation was the biggest thing that I I came out of this with is that, wow, you know, I have a great home. I have a great family. I have great friends. And sometimes even in life when we struggle and we go through those challenges and we face adversity, we have a tendency to look at what we don't have. Yes. And that's when we have to look at what we do have, a sense of appreciation. Yeah. And I could imagine what that first meal was like after you were on Survivor, you know, like how that felt or the first. My family, my family greeted me at the airport and I was, I was very, very thin and tired and exhausted. And no, they're like, Oh, we have to take you somewhere to eat. And we went to this restaurant and this is the part they don't show on national television. But when you get further into the show and they give those people all that food, you throw up because your body isn't used to all that food and you end up getting sick. So I knew I I was sick for about six weeks. I had trouble eating when I got back. Wow. Wow. I ended up in the hospital. I ended up with IVs. You know, I was, I was very sick when I got back. I didn't realize that. And so just because you had a hard time eating and taking that part. Yeah. And I just start out very slowly, you know, yogurt, soup broth, and then I could slowly add a few things, but it was very hard on my body. You know, so this isn't just a mental game. This is also a physical game. Absolutely. So do most people have that when they get back from a show like Survivor where they have a hard time eating and just like they they do get sick? Yeah. Yeah. Day 17, we ended up winning a reward and we went to a Nicaraguan farm and they fed us food. And I was, now I think back and I didn't realize it at the time, but like all the producers would stand back and they were all looking at each other like, oh, we know what's going to happen. And then when we all got up from the table, they handed us all a white bag. And they were like, you know, so they know what's going to happen. And, oh, we even had to stop once going back because someone got sick. So you do end up getting sick. Yeah. I suppose you realize that's what you sign up for, right? Exactly. 
<laughs> so when you speak, Holly, I know you have a few different programs, but I want to ask you a few questions about a few of them. So like this, the one program that you have about never giving up the survivor way, kind of tell us a little bit about that. And, and what are your messages that people can learn more about and, and apply to their lives? Uh, basically what I do there is I tell my survivor story, but I throw it back to the real world of survival as many times as I can. Like when I talk about the cameras, you know, I throw that back to the audience and I say, if you had a camera follow you around for 24 hours a day for one week, would you be able to show that to the entire world? You know, would you be proud of your words? Would you be proud of your actions? And it gets people to think about those cameras rolling. I, I truly believe the biggest thing in my speech is the fact of perseverance. We all struggle, you know, we all keep going, but it's how we get through those struggles and what we learn from those struggles. As we're going through them, it's hard. You know, as I was going through Survivor, I was, I was struggling and it was extremely hard. You don't sleep and you don't eat. Just like when you run a marathon, you know, you're, you're halfway through and you're like, I don't know if I can finish this. And then you cross that finish line and you're like, I can do it. So just the value of telling yourself you can that's probably the biggest takeaway from my presentation is you can't go back in life. You can't live behind closed doors. You have to keep moving forward and you're going to face challenges. You're going to, you're going to be knocked down. But the, the main point is you got to get back up. And when you think about what kind of feedback do you have from the audience when you finish, if, if, is there a point that stands out to them that a lot of people say, wow, I really appreciate you saying this because that made me do this or made me think about this or changing this in my life. I think it's about quitting. I had a lady come up to me afterwards and one day and she said, you know, I would love to take piano lessons, but I'm just too old. And I said, what? She said, I'm 72 years old. And I said, you are never too old to take piano lessons. And so I, you know, I told her, I said, if you never try, you're never going to know. Right. And she said, you're exactly right. In a couple of weeks, I got a, a email back from her and she said, guess what I started. And so, you know, it's just the value of getting the, the message across to people that if you never try, you're never going to know. So that that's probably, you know, I say a quote at the end and I say, um, the biggest value I want you to take away from my presentation is never give up because nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start right here today and make a new ending. And, and how true that is. You can't go back in life. The only, you can just go forward. Yeah, that's awesome. I saw that on your website. And then I know after hearing you speak a few times, I've heard you say that. So no one can start a new beginning, but everyone can start today with a new ending. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it. So when you think about the take home points from that, like what do you want people to hear from that quote or that ending? My six words, you know, that quote goes in with my six words. I talk in my presentation about faith, attitude, determination, confidence, desire, and perseverance. And I call those my six words to survival. Um, being number one is my faith. I would have never been able to get through that show if I wouldn't have been in the jungle praying. You don't have a cell phone. You don't have a computer. You know, but sometimes in life we feel like we are alone and we don't have anyone. But that's not true. We always have that one person. And so I did pray a lot. I prayed a lot. And I know that God gave me strength to get through that show. So and then just the attitude. You know, you have a choice, you know, you can either be miserable or you can be happy. And, and, and so attitude is huge and we hear so much about it, but how many times do we really think about it? Right. So those six words are a huge takeaway. I notice when I look in the audience, a lot of times those people are writing down those six words and, you know, I call those my six words to survival. So 
just by using that experience and relating it back to the real world of survival. That's, that's the whole message about the cameras rolling, about never giving up, having a positive attitude. Those are all things you can do on a reality show, but the true reality is those are things you need to do in life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And when you say like leading simply, what does that mean to you? And how, how have you done that even, you know, after Survivor? Well, that's, that's a, the Survivor Never Give Up. That's one presentation. And then my lead simply is another presentation. And I do that presentation a lot of times for a breakout. Yeah. And, you know, leadership consists of many, many words. When you think of leadership, I ask the audience as soon as I start this presentation, when you think of the word leadership, what do you think of? And they throw out 20 to 30 words, but I focus on three words, model, connect, and involve. Model the behavior you want to see, connect with the people you lead and involve them as much as you can. And that's really leadership. When you think about it, it's all summed up in those three words. And sometimes I will relate those three words into my presentation as well. But a lot of times I do that just as a breakout. And then that's a very interactive presentation. The audience gets up, you know, they do some things, they talk to each other, they write things down, they put things on a wall on big sticky notes. So the audience reacts with people, they get to meet new people. You know, I always try to have them get a partner where they don't know each other, you know, because when you come to a conference, the best thing about it is what? Networking. You know, Absolutely. walking away with, with meeting new people. So that, that's kind of, I have combined the two. I have done that where I've joined the two, but I also do them a lot of individualized. I like the three things that you just included on leadership. Model, uh, make sure you're a model for others. Connect with those that you lead and involve them as much as you can. So tell us a bit about how you chose those three and why those were important to you. I just, I feel like, you know, modeling is about inspiring. Modeling is about encouraging. And those are all things that leaders do. So you kind of had to sum them up, you know, sum them up just a little bit. So that, that's really, and connecting is networking and involving, you know, being a leader. If, if you're the CEO of a company, you have to involve your team because the more involved your team is, the more responsible they are to getting things done. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Well, tell us one kind of signature story that you might give and either, you know, the, the survivor way talk or the kind of lead simply just tell us a story of, you know, from your talk that you might give that, that we can learn something from. Well, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me when I played survivor is growing up in a, in an abusive family and, you know, my family truly did live behind a closed door and I wrote about it in my book and I started, I tried to speak about it and I couldn't because it was very hard for me to talk about. The biggest thing that I've learned personally is the more I speak about it, the more I have people email me and come up to me afterwards and talk to me about it. And there was one presentation. I had a lady come up and say, I have never talked about this, but I grew up exactly like you did. And she said, you know, maybe I need to start talking about it because maybe it would be therapy for me. And I said, yes, it would be. And it also made me realize that I was playing a reality show, Survivor, and I was trying to survive, but it made me realize that the true survivor in my life is my mom. Because, you know, after my parents divorced, she, she had three jobs and she raised three kids and 
the one thing about my mom is she was, she was never negative. She is, you know, she worked so hard to raise us. And, you know, by telling that story about my family and about my life and about my mom, I really feel like that hits home with a lot of people because it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. We all have something, you know, we all have something that we've gone through. We have something we're going through. And by hearing somebody else's story, what they went through or what they're going through, it really makes people realize, wow, I, I, she's right. If they could do it, I can do it. So I would have to say that that story about my childhood, that, that truly hits home. Yeah, I could imagine. And I also think that, that what you just said is really powerful, that we're all dealing with something, right? And so sometimes we might be really judgmental, but just by realizing that, you know, that everyone's dealing with something and being more compassionate with them, I think can really uh, help build that relationship and even the leadership that you're talking about. Yeah. And that's from the show. That's another thing I've learned. I was very judgmental when I watched the show at home before I went to play it. You know, I'd be like, why is she doing that? And then when I went and played it, I'm not, I'm not judgmental anymore. I sit at home and I watch it and I'm like, I know exactly why that person is crying. You know, it's day seven and everybody's like, what have we just done? So it also makes us realize that it made me realize and everybody needs to realize that sometimes it's, we're, we're too quick to judge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to just take a step back and say, oh, they must be going through something and asking someone, is there something I can help you with? If you need to talk to. So yeah, judging others is huge as well. So Holly, your two books, your winner within, and then write yourself a note. Tell us about those books and where we could purchase one. Okay. What I did with your winner within is I took the six words that I speak about and I talked about certain things. I talk about my growing up the way I did. My faith chapter, I talked about uh, Charlie and I almost losing all of our children in a car accident. So I took those six words and I put them into chapters. It's a very inspirational book. And then I just released another book called Write Yourself a Note along with another presentation. And basically that presentation talks about how we, I know everybody listening out there, we all know we make lists. I have a list right here on my desk that I have to check off and try to get done by the end of the day. And sometimes we let those lists control us, you know, because if we don't get them done, we're panicked. So, but how many times do you write a note to yourself and say, I need to work on this, or I'm going to do this for myself today, or just remind yourself that you're a great person and you need to smile more. You need to say more positive things. So that, that basically is what that presentation is about. And both of those books are available on Amazon. Awesome. Awesome. And I know people can go over to hollyhoffman.org to learn more about your speaking and uh, watch some videos that you have on there of you speaking. What other ways could people connect with you if they'd like to? I'm also on Instagram. I'm Twitter. I have a Facebook page. I also just bought hollyhoffman.com. Oh, nice. Yes. They can, they can go to org and it'll come over to com. There was a flutist in California that owned it. And she reached out to me and asked me if I wanted it. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So, uh, but hollyhoffman.org or hollyhoffman.com. And you can also get my book on my website and they can reach out to me on my website. I do have contact information on my website as well. Awesome. And Holly, what is your Twitter handle? Cause I'll encourage people to head over to there 
in terms of what did they get from the talk and uh, you know what stood out to them. And to be honest, the thing that I love the most that you said, and there's a lot of things that I thought were really powerful, um, two things that I thought were most helpful were like, I loved how Jamie Johnson told you like what, how he inspired you and how he said, we need you. And I think we can learn a lot from that in terms of when we lead others to give, to give people those kind of like, um, comments in terms of, you know, like sharing why that, that, that we need you, um, not all need a Jimmy Johnson, but who's Jimmy Johnson are you? Ah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Jimmy so Johnson really or you? It does go both ways. It does. I love that. And then what you said at the end of your speech that you kind of provided today was like, no one can start a new beginning, but everyone can start a new ending today. And I think that's really powerful thinking about, you know, how do we want to show up and what do we want? Where do we want to go? And what do we want to do? And anyone can make a change. Yeah. So where would, where can people connect with you over on Twitter? Okay. My Twitter name is Holly Hoffman S. 21 and S 21 stands for season 21. So uh, that's where they can reach me. And on Instagram, it's the same thing. Holly Hoffman S 21, um, season 21. So the same. And, uh, Holly, what kind of final advice would you give the people who are listening? You know, I truly believe that if there's something that you want to do in your life, don't ever let yourself or someone else hold you back from doing it. This is, it's been a lot of work to get where I'm at. This is my ninth year of speaking, but hard work pays off. I've seen a lot of benefits and I really, the number one reason I do what I do is because of the people, because life is truly about the relationships you have with people. You can have the best of everything. You can have the biggest home. You can have the nicest car. You can have great clothes, but if you are not a happy person within yourself, you really have nothing. So really setting goals for yourself and saying, how can I have self-development? How can I improve myself? Because you improve yourself, you improve your profession, you improve your family, you improve your life. So don't ever, don't ever hold yourself back. Outstanding, Holly. Thank you so much for your time and your energy today. Thank you. And I'm truly honored to, to do this with you, Cinder. You're wonderful. Awesome. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to High Performance Mindset. If you like today's podcast, make a comment, share it with a friend, and join the conversation on Twitter at Mentally Underscore Strong. For more inspiration and to receive Syndra's free weekly videos, check out DrSyndra.com.